0: Welcome to the Clemson Dubcast. It is Friday, March 10th. Man, a lot going on. Clemson basketball coming off a of resounding, another resounding trouncing of NC State. Surely that's enough, right, to get them into the NCAA tournament? You have to think so. We have learned a lot on the football practice fields in the first week. Paul Strilo and I will have plenty of football intel and analysis through the weekend. Have to check it out at Tiger Illustrated. If you're not a subscriber, now's the time to sign up. at parhamlaw.com. That's P-A-R-H-A-M law.com. When you're ready for a complete renovation in your home or business, open the door to more with Harris Home and Harris Commercial. Their local experience team will totally transform any room space from beautiful floor coverings to construction to finished details. Harris handles every step of your renovation process whether it's a kitchen or living room or an industrial or educational setting like some of the positively stunning work they've done at Clemson University. Go to discoverharris.com and experience a total renovation transformation from Harris Home and Harris Commercial. Solero Communications, formerly known as Tandem Payment, is a full-service, integrated electronic payments provider powered by leading-edge technology. Solero provides a wide array of merchant solutions, simplified payments. They make onboarding, taking payments, maintaining risk management and compliance, and getting support quick and easy. At Solero, they're all about helping you achieve sustainable growth as a business. Taking payments isn't the only thing your business needs. With Solero's Solutions, You can manage inventory, sell products and services via social media, schedule staff, track sales, get reports, and much, much more. Find out more about Celero at celerocommerce.com. That's C-E-L-E-R-O commerce.com. Okay, this first interview is from a conversation we had with Todd Klubnick, father of Cade Klubnick, in late December as Clemson was preparing for the Orange Bowl. This was for a multi-part series we did on Cade Klubnick's background uh, after the season. And we figured it'd be cool to give y'all a sort of a window into that conversation. And then we follow that with Cade himself, his most recent press conference conducted, uh, just a few days ago as Clemson started spring practice. Okay. Enjoy. Here we go. I'm, I'm interested in the early, early days that we didn't really cover, uh, last year with Kim, just memories of, of Cade. Um, as an athlete from the beginning. So,
1: yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's, um, well, as you know, he is the youngest of four. Uh, so he's got three older siblings. There's a six year gap between him and, uh, Reed. He was number three. And so they, we were a, a family that always just, um, has enjoyed sports and outdoors and just staying active. And, So he, you know, grew up playing sports, basketball, football, snow skiing, you name it with the whole family, including his older siblings. Um, and that probably was a contributor to him, you know, developing some athleticism and, and skill, just like that is the case for a lot of kids that have older siblings like that. But he started playing, uh, flag football at age four on a pre-K team and, uh, he played quarterback that very first year and has never looked back. So he's, he's been doing this for a, a long time. Obviously the the game has uh, gotten a little more uh, sophisticated since then, but um, yeah, he's always loved. Um, he's always loved sports, uh, I played baseball, basketball, football, and he ran track as well. And um, yeah, he's just always loved it.
0: Also, would like to learn more about your your. You and Kim both went to A and M. Is that right? Mm
1: hmm.
0: We did. What's the What was the story there? I mean, you you did not. I mean, I've seen it written. I guess inaccurately that you played football there. No,
1: I did not. Um, I did not.
0: <laughs> what's your? How how did you how did y'all y'all wind up there? And what what, what sort of what's some background? on that
1: well I grew up I grew up in Houston there's not really much to the story either. I grew up in Houston outside of Houston in Pearland I played basketball in high school and uh, my wife Kim grew up in San Antonio and uh, she played uh, she ran track in high school and played softball growing up um, but that's we both went there because we just loved the school and it was relatively close and that's where we met and um, yeah the rest is history uh,
0: but with that as the backdrop did, I mean, were you, uh, as you're raising children, are you guys big time Aggie fans or?
1: We are. And we were absolutely. Yeah. You can't, you can't go to Texas A&M, uh, and be an Aggie and, and not be a, an avid fan. I don't think so. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, a great program and a great school with a great culture. Um, so yeah, absolutely. We went to a lot of games. went to all the games when we were there, and we went back for uh, one or two games almost every year after we graduated. What's it? Our like? daughter went there as well. Okay. Um, yeah, daughter Riley went there, so that gave us a good excuse to go um, back sometimes as well. Where is she now? She lives in Austin. She just moved back here from Dallas, and she works uh, at Dell in their investor relations, uh, group, which is, which is just awesome. She loves it. And it's a great team.
0: What's it like being in Austin when you're an an Aggie?
1: (laughs) It's fine. When we first moved here in 2000, I was, I thought, Oh man, this is going to be tough living, uh, you know, in Longhorn territory behind enemy lines As I used to say, but, uh, we have tons and tons of friends who are, uh, Longhorns and we have a lot of respect for the school and the program and so it's fine it's fine it it was a little more interesting back when we played each other in football every year. I hope they get that going again,
0: yeah um, and what uh i guess it, it, as a father uh a parent of a of an athlete early on, what was your I know I'm, I experience it. Have experienced it with my daughters. I'm I'm sort of the uh, I am totally removed. Basically, I don't really just let the coaches do do their thing. What was your sort of what what decision did you make as far as how much of a role to take? Did you coach him? I guess you did mm-hmm. coach him.
1: I did when he was younger. I did. I coached him uh, through fourth grade. So flag football. Um, when he was little and then the early early years of, uh, of Pop Warner I, I helped coach as well um, but then going into fifth grade he um, he jumped on a Pop Warner team to, uh, Westlake one of the Westlake teams here that's been coached by a guy named Jason DeSour for it's now it's been like 20 years he's coached all the greats that have come through Westlake over the years he played Uh, quarterback at, at Texas and just a great guy and really, really knows the game, super high football IQ. And he taught, uh, Kate a lot. Anyway, I, I volunteered (laughs) that year to help coach. And he said, well, let's just kind of see how it goes. And on like the fourth day of practice, I said, Hey, Hey, Jason, let me know how I can help out. He put put his arm, I'll never forget it. He put his arm around me, looked me in the eye and he said, let me coach him up. And I was like, (laughs) In the, in a moment, my coaching my coaching career was over, but it was fine. He was <laughs> far more qualified than I, uh, and he, like I said, he really uh, taught Cade a lot uh, about the game and about defenses and reads and progressions. And um, they remain. Uh, he, he's he's been a great mentor to Cade and, and continues to be uh, to this day.
0: So as he's advancing and 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 getting older and. Learning more sophisticated things when he comes home and 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 he's having a conversation with dad. I mean, are you just are you just asking for the layman's uh, <laughs> uh, view of things, or are you really interested in some of the intricacies of, of offenses and, and what he's actually having to process and things like that?
1: Both, both, but uh, you know, the level of sophistication is uh, is is uh, is pretty high, as as you can imagine. So, um, but that, he, he still walks us through stuff and, uh, explains, you know, whatever it is, plays or schemes or defensive formations or reads that he's making. And, um, uh, I, I eat it up. I love, I love learning all of that. And, the, uh, his, um, you know, his, uh, kind of passion for the game, uh, and, and, and football IQ or extremely high um, he's always been that way he's he's very much a student of the game he loves studying it. he's studied under some great great coaches um he loves watching film he doesn't watch it because he's supposed to he watches it because he, he just really en- enjoys it um and it's it's fascinating to me uh you know the amount uh that they get out of watching film and they'll have all their film sessions you know now they watch a ton of film during the week and then it's not uncommon for him to go back up to the facility, uh, for hour and a half, two hours, uh, at night on his own, um, multiple days a week and watch more film. And he's looking for, you know, the smallest little, uh, nuances to help him prepare for a game. You know, he was sharing with me that preparing for the North Carolina game, uh, you know, he's looking at the cornerbacks and like, okay, if his foot is angled this way, then uh, it's a pretty good chance he's going to do this on the play and in this particular defensive end. Um, always crashes the mesh. So we want to do the RPO differently on that side than we do on the other side. And I'm like, that's just really cool stuff. And I probably got both of those wrong, but that's my layman <laughs> terms, layman terms uh, understanding of of a couple examples.
0: Has he been, was he a film junkie back all the way to middle school? Like, could you, could you see it Would even you the-
1: believe? Yeah, would you believe that his first uh, pop uh, pop Warner coach? And this was fourth grade when he switched from flag to tackle. Um, uh, Kurt Hallett, he played in college and really crazy smart guy and uh, super high football IQ. Well, he had this. He had the pop Warner team, the top team in Westlake at that age, and he hired three professional cameramen who filmed every practice they went and filmed, uh, opposing teams and sc- so we could, they could scout them. And they had, they watched film multiple days a week, uh, at, you know, what like, what age is that? 19 years old. And, uh, which is pretty interesting. So he started on pretty early at, uh, watching film and, and yeah, he did all the way through middle school and high school. And his, you know, his head coach at Westlake, uh, Todd Dodge is very much, uh, um, an iconic uh, coach in uh, the state of Texas. He's won step seven state championships um, at the highest classification. Three of them at, at Westlake High School, and four at Southlake. And um, you know, he he really instilled in K, as did some other coaches, just the importance of uh, of that film room time for sure.
0: Was he? How often, growing up, was he the best player on the field?
1: Um, well, hopefully one thing you'll figure out about the club mix is we, we try to be uh, at least a little bit humble. So I don't know that he was always the best athlete on the field. He, play, he always had you know tremendous athletes that he played with. Um, but in terms of uh, the quarterback position... Yeah, he he held his own against uh, just about anybody we played. He knew, he's played some great ones over the years too, and you know he learned something from each of them.
0: So he was exceptional all through all throughout, from the beginning.
1: He was, but he was you know he also had the good you know the good fortune and the blessing of of being around exceptional uh, players and coaches and siblings. Um, you know I think we've told you the story about his his big brother Reed who played um, at Westlake high school and set some receiving records uh, and then went on to play at Yale and won two Ivy league championships and set the single season and career receiving records. Well, before all that, he actually played quarterback as well. He didn't switch to receiver until his junior year of, of high school. He got beat out by a guy named Sam Ellinger. who's mm. a great friend of the family. So uh, even going back to, uh, the early, early years, like first and second grade. I remember being back in the out in the backyard and Reed was would teach uh, teaching K the three step drop and five step drop and how to throw when rolling out to the right and how to throw when rolling out to the left and how to, you know, square your shoulders and take a step towards the target at the very end and just all that stuff is so he's had, you know, a lot of a lot of great coaches um and great players around him, you know, a whole bunch of those ones from the Uh, players from flag football years and pop Warner years, et cetera, have gone on to have tremendous high school careers and a bunch of them are playing in college.
0: With Reed, I know uh, when I spoke with Kim a year ago, he was sort of trying to figure out what to do. And she just mentioned how hard it was hard for him to, um, to have had the, I guess the NFL um, opportunities sort of derailed by the whole, COVID shutdown and all that um, mm-hmm. what's he up to now and and uh, just was curious curious about the most recent part of his, his story I guess
1: yeah he's living here in Austin and working for a, a financial management uh, company and he is uh, he is Cade's biggest fan it's, it's hard for him to you know that he's not playing anymore um, I know he wishes he was out there still but man, the, the you never seen a bigger bear hug in your life than after Cade, you know, goes out there and wins a game, reads the first one out there to give him a huge old e- embrace. And like I said, he's his biggest fan. He went to five or six games this year. And he'd go to all of them if he could. So he's hugely supportive. What is which means a ton. Sorry, I didn't catch yeah. off. No. Which means a ton, to, a ton to Cade because Cade always has uh, looked up to and respected. Reed, um, a ton, all of his siblings, um, and Reed, Reed coached, uh, Cade in seven on seven in, uh, seventh, eighth and ninth grade. And he, he was, uh, he was hard on him, um, really tough on him, you know? And, uh, sometimes that was a little hard to watch because, you know, he's doing his best. He'd make a mistake every once in a while. Um, but it was good for him. And I remember talking to, one of his coaches who knew both of them really well and he said man it's it's be grateful that that you have that because it's really going to help Cade, um you know refine his his skill and uh, sharpen his skill and improve his trade and and uh and it, and it did for sure
0: any particular episodes stand out from that time as as being a sort of a snapshot in your mind of of when you're sort of saying oh man <laughs> <clears throat> wondering if he was being too hard on him
1: um no i mean it was always uh it was always wrapped in 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 love and respect uh for sure um but just you know just expecting just having a very high standard uh of play and you know Kate, you can you go out there and do uh 99 things really well and then make one mistake and Reed would point out that mistake and you know we got to get better at that and the interesting thing is i know a lot of players are this way but Cades uh that exact same way that's he, he's that way on himself uh today he he'll he'll share with you if, you if you ask it's kind of interesting he'll he'll share with you he'll have a he'll have a great game and he won't be able to sleep that night because of the you know one or two things three, three things that he missed you know just to read here and you know whatever it might be so it's uh it's kind of interesting, and one thing that's you know, a slight tangent, but you, you reminded me of a of a story that you know, Cade's you know, always been uh, super driven and self motivated. Um, he he's always loved the grind. Some people, it, it really shouldn't even be called a grind for him because it's not, because he just he's always loved it. But he also sets goals for himself, and um, and he's and he takes them really seriously. And um, one of the ones I can remember was in seven on seven, um, which is a big deal in Texas, by the way. Um, there's in uh like seventh, eighth, ninth grade, uh just about every school, um, high school has a kind of rising uh team of players that put together, you know, seven on seven team and they go out and compete in tournaments on the weekends and there's every weekend, uh, in the spring, starting in January, all the way through June, there are eight, 10, 12 different tournaments going on with 10 or 15 teams per tournament. You got to get first or second place in one of those to qualify for the state tournament. 64 teams make that. And then, uh, you know, pull play and then single elimination on Sunday. So to get all the way to the top and, and win state, um, is a, is a pretty big deal. And then, when Cade was going into 7th um Reed was you know one of his coaches and uh they got all the way to the state championship game and lost in the final to Southlake Carroll and uh yours and Cade didn't have his best game in that game and he 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 took it he didn't take it really hard but he he took it very seriously and he set a goal for himself that Going to come back next year, and we're going to win state. And he that was a motivator for him for the entire next year, just work his tail off on bettering his trade. And and uh, sure enough, they came back and um they won state in seven on seven. The next two years, they beat Southlake in the semifinals one year, and in the finals uh, another year. So in addition to his three state championships in tackle football in high school, he actually won a couple in in uh, in seven on seven. Um, and seventh, eighth, ninth grade as well, which is, which is pretty fun. And it's a lot of joy to see, see that for Reed to be, you know, coaching him up and stuff. It's, you know, as a dad, it's a pretty proud moment. Again, another big hug after they won that one. It's a picture on the wall in Cade's room of Reed lifting him up in the air with just a giant bear hug after they won.
0: Yeah. One thing it's as you're talking about how big football is in Texas, um, yeah, I think most people they just think of okay, high school is is when you're on the big stage, and that's interesting to to hear that. You know, there were some high stakes games before that, and and that's sort of representative of of just how big the game is in that state. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep, I can't speak to what it's like in other states, but yeah, it's it's pretty fun. It's not not uncommon to have you know ten or twelve thousand. For a big game on a Friday night uh, against you know a rival or another good school, that's how many of the stadium holds here, and some of the others are the same or even bigger. And then, as as I'm sure you know, the state championship games for high school at Dallas Cowboys Stadium will have 35 to 45 thousand people at it, which is which is pretty cool, pretty fun environment.
0: I would I would guess that when someone is so consumed by their sport and their passion that there's a fine line between, uh, you know, being devoted and it becoming unhealthy, but it sounds like he gets such joy from it that there's not that there's maybe never been that sort of risk of it venturing into the, the unhealthy realm.
1: Yeah, he, he does get a lot of joy from it, but it's also not his greatest joy. Um, you know, he's he he just loves life and he loves people he loves the lord um he loves his family uh I think I, I think probably the, the the greatest compliment Kate ever received or one that certainly means a lot to me was that he's a a really really good football player but an even better person and uh he's a great kid he loves the game he really does he's very passionate about it and loves it but he loves his teammates even more um, he loves the Lord a lot and just loves his friends. And, uh, he, you know, he has said before uh, that, you know, if, if football was taken away, uh, tomorrow, he would, would still have a very, very full life and he'd be just fine.
0: Mm-hmm. What do you remember from his sophomore year when, um, I mean, I guess he drew the parallel between that and, and what took place, uh, this year. Uh, with him taking over as the starter, what do you remember from from his sophomore year, uh, and mm-hmm. how that how that unfolded?
1: Yep. Well, it started in the in the spring. He was uh, a, rising, uh, so still a, freshman, a rising sophomore, so still freshman, but rising sophomore, and um, he uh, <clears throat> coach Coach Dodge, who I mentioned earlier, um, was his head coach in in high school, and just a, a great man and a great coach and a great tutor of, uh, the quarterback position, um, the, 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 quarterbacks at Westlake during, um, you know, spring training and fall camp, you know, they get to wear a, a black Jersey and you know, you know, you don't hit them just like the purple jerseys at practice at Clemson. You don't hit them. Uh, you don't hit the quarterback. Well, <laughs> Cades, um, as he was a rising sophomore in the spring practice in the spring game, he didn't get a, he didn't get a black Jersey cause you know, coach Dodd said you haven't earned it yet. So he, he, he he described it as putting Cade in the blender. Um and and it was good for him. You know, he got popped a, a bunch and learned uh, a whole lot and uh, that's that's kinda of where it all started and then going into the fall, <clears throat> he was competing with two seniors um for the position and uh Coach Dodge did something that I don't know has has been done in in, in in at least in these parts ever before, and that is he rotated um who was starting the game for the for the first um, six, eight weeks. So Cade would start one and then, you know, one of the seniors would start one and the other one would start one and they all played in each game, but they took turns uh, starting and they're basically just competing for the position. And um, Cade did great. Uh, he ended up hurting his thumb and being out for three weeks. And uh, during those three weeks the you know, one of the guys kind of rose to the top and ended up getting the starting position and, uh stayed and remained that way through the through the playoffs. And uh that was hard for Cade uh because he really felt like he could be the guy and was ready and uh could go win some football games. Um and he had to learn, you know, he'll tell you he had to learn patience. And he also learned a lot by just, you know, watching the game and watching and observing um the other guy playing and they they went all the way to state and and uh, and won it that year and so it was just a great learning experience and uh, opportunity to learn patience and just grow and mature um, and then the next next year, you know, his number was up and off we went.
0: So how does that compare and contrast to you with the experience of, of this season and, and what he, sort of his his journey this fall? Yeah,
1: he would, he, he would tell you that, um, you know, there are similarities in that, you know, he he, he, he learned had, had to learn to be patient and, you know, he's a fierce competitor. They all are and they want to be on the field, you know. Uh, well, it's not always, you know, it's not always the right time um, or and and that's fine. So he, he learned to to be patient yet again. And he'll tell you that that sophomore year experience um, helped him uh, in that. And he also, um, you know, treated every day as an opportunity to learn and grow and get better and, um, and try to constantly be ready. So I think mentally um, it was, it was great for him and physically great for him. And uh, from a character perspective, great for him. And, um, yeah. So I think there were some similar similarities and, um, you know, he would tell you that he's grateful for it and it's all in God's timing and God's plan and he has joy and peace in that. And it's all good.
0: I guess one of the contrasts would be, uh, between this year and his sophomore year would be, uh, this year when he comes on late in the opener and and does well, what follows is a, Basically, a national <laughs> national voices are saying it's time to put Kate in. He, he, it, it's time to pull the trigger. Time for Dabo to to go with the freshman. Uh, what was that like um, for him? What was it like for for y'all? Um, just it being such a prominent sort of um, uh, prominent story.
1: Well, to his credit, he doesn't listen to any of that, and he shouldn't. Um, so I don't even think he can do that. That, that chatter was going on, and it because it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. Um, there's a lot that happens behind the four walls of uh, that practice facility that you know that none of us really understand, and we have to we have to acknowledge that and respect it. And he came he you know he he came to Clemson because you know really really two things. One was the coaches and the culture, and and two was uh, a winning program and an opportunity to go win national championships. And, you know, he has, and we have, uh, uh, faith and trust in those coaches and, um, and we, and that never wavered. And, you know, like I said, dude, it's, it's all part of God's plan and his timing and, um, you know, none of that noise matters.
0: As you said, everybody at that level is, you know, supreme competitor, um, what was it like? You think for him, he's competing um, for playing time, but also he seemed to develop a really um, deep relationship with DJ, uh, not just DJ, mm-hmm. but the other quarterbacks as well. That's kind of a, I mean, just from the outside looking in, kind of a tough balance to strike when you're, you know, you're a supreme competitor, but you're also, um, you also really appreciate um, and have a deep uh, uh, respect for the people you're competing with
1: mm-hmm well it speaks volumes to who they both are as men and to their character and the um you know the love they have for their for their teammates uh, i you know we had nothing to do with it that's that was those two guys and it also speaks uh volumes to the coaches in the culture that you know there's an environment that fosters uh fosters that kind of love that that you know the outside world doesn't understand i gotta
0: get a a. a... Uh, sort of your account of what it was like, uh, I guess, traveling to all the games and mm-hmm. bringing the RV up here. And um just really curious about what that was like for, for you and Kim.
1: So fun. We, we decided, well, I was fortunate enough to build a retire a year ago. So um, when Reed was playing, I didn't have this, uh, this luxury. We went to almost all of his games, but it was quick in and out over the weekend. And, um, but now I, w- we were able to, so I go up there and we, we made a decision. We we're going to go to all the games home or away. And, uh, we just really, really enjoyed it and, uh, just, um, had so much fun getting to know, um, the other families of, of players and just being part of that journey and went to a few practices along the way and, uh, just super blessed and grateful. Um,
0: so would you just, would you, would you, you, would for the home games, I guess you would, you would bring the RV and then I guess you would fly to some other places.
1: Yeah. We took the RV to the closer, uh, away games. We took it to the, um, ACC championship and we took it to wake forest and maybe one other. And then for the, the further away games, we, we flew and, you know, did did the hotel or Airbnb.
0: What's life like out on the open road as first time? I mean, y'all just got the RV last year, right? Y'all aren't...
1: We did. We yep. bought it for this. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, that was fun. It's really fun. And we, we got a little spot there not too far from, from campus, and we tailgate with some of the other families, and uh, which has been a great chance to get to know each other better. And yeah, it's it's been super fun. Super fun. We eat way too much, but man, it's, it's fun. <laughs>
0: Can you describe the emotions as you're sitting inside the Bank of America Stadium for the ACC championship game and uh, the emotions from you and Kim as, as you see uh, after two series, as you see Cade putting on his helmet and it's clear he's going in. Um, just What's that like? What was that like? Um, not just seeing him about to go in, but then seeing him perform as, as marvelously as he did.
1: It was fun. I mean, it, it was what was fun was seeing him out there having fun and seeing the whole team having fun and um, you know playing really well together as a team. And you know, there's a lot of joy that comes in seeing your kids uh, be able to do what they love and do it well. Um, that brings a lot of joy as a parent. And you know, we certainly felt that. And not every game will feel that way, I'm sure. <laughs> but we enjoyed that one for uh, for what it's worth. And um, yeah, it was. A little nerve wracking, but mostly just uh, really a lot of fun and, and a joy to watch him go out there and do what he does, what he loves doing.
0: Was the Notre Dame game hard?
1: Well, I hate losing. We, we hate. We all hate losing, and uh, so yeah, it was hard because we lost. And yeah. Yeah. It's just was really not our day, but that's all right. We're getting, We'll get him back next year.
0: I could be reading you wrong, but uh, I've covered a lot of quarterback. I've I've known a lot of quarterbacks' dads in my twenty-plus years of of uh, covering Clemson, and they're all really intense. And you don't strike me as being as intense as 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 most of them have been. Am I am I getting that right, or are you just you just sound like you're not as <laughs> not particularly intense as a quarterback dad?
1: Hmm. I don't know. Uh, I, well, I probably am, but hopefully, um, with, a, a with a rapper of, um, having good perspective, I hope on what's really important in life and, um, and not, uh, I don't know, I don't want to speak for everybody else, but it's not about me at all it's about these guys and, their love for each other and their love for the game and going out there and just having a blast. And, um, you know, my intensity shows up in hopefully, you know, loving these kids and loving the Lord and, uh, encouraging them and pushing them to go out there and be their best and do their best. Um, but I certainly hope I don't ever make it about me. I was and, sure. and I'm not saying that you were implying that others do, but sure. Um, yeah, that's an awkward, tough question. <laughs> I would, t- I would tell you, you know, I'll flip it for you though. Um, and you know, some people may look at Cade and say, man, he's just such a joyful, enthusiastic, happy, fun, loving guy. You know, is there that intensity there? There's a an incredible amount of intensity and uh, drive and passion and um, toughness and grit and determination and fierce competitiveness, uh, to him that, you know, a lot of people don't see every day. Um, but he also just has great joy in playing the game and tremendous love for his teammates and, uh, and just pouring into them and encouraging them. And, um, you know, that's a pretty fun combination when, it when you see that, uh, when you see that happening.
0: How do you think his track experience made him a better football player?
1: Um, well I, I would say two things and uh one one is I think it's great for <laughs> for kids to play more than one sport um develops their athletic skills and their muscles and everything in, in a, in a way that you, you don't get by just playing one. It also allows them to take their focus off of just that one for, you know, a brief period of time. So I think that's, I think it's, that's really good. And, you know, he played basketball up until freshman year and then focused, um, obviously the fall on football and, but, but continuing to do track was was good for that reason. And then, you know, you definitely, uh, you definitely learned, um, some of the technique that, you know, really helps with acceleration and speed and quickness. And, uh, so, you know, he's, he's got some god given athletic ability and speed. Um, but it certainly helped in refining and developing that as well.
0: What do you think And he he loves
1: to compete? So it's, you know, it's good to have another season of competing.
0: (laughs) What do you think he misses the most about home other than obviously his family?
1: Um, his friends, he's got, you know, he's, he is a great friend and he has great friends and he was just here for three days, uh, last week and they flew out on Christmas Eve. And, uh, you know, those they had guys over here, um, just about every day, um, just hanging out and catching up and having a blast together and just being goofy. So those are probably the two main things And Mexican food would be the third.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's hard (laughs) to find good Mexican food over here. Um, I don't think I have anything else, Todd, uh, unless, unless you had anything, uh, on your mind that we haven't, haven't covered.
1: I don't think so. We're just super grateful. Um, and you know, and Kate is especially, we're just super grateful to be at Clemson. And this is exactly where, um, God wants him. And he knows that. And we know that. And he's just having a ball. And we're just, uh, again, super grateful that, uh, to be a part of this program and this team and with these coaches and amazing players and and families and looking forward to uh, a great win on Friday.
0: If you're in the Eastern Midlands and PD area and you're in any way interested in buying and selling of home, Another loyal supporter of the Dubcast is the Blackacre Law Firm in Greenville, a subsidiary of Parham, Smith & Archenthold. Blackacre helps South Carolina residents achieve their dreams of home ownership by providing experienced professional representation for real estate closings. Attention to detail is crucial in real estate law. Blackacre is committed to making sure nothing gets by them preparing residential or commercial closings. Blackacre also offers estate planning services for their clients in the Greenville area. Find out more about Blackacre at 864 326 Five zero seven. Want to share a quick word about Founders Federal Credit Union? If you've been to a sporting event in Clemson, you've probably heard about Founders already. They are the official credit union partner of the Clemson Tigers. In addition to that, all Clemson faculty, staff, and students are eligible for membership as well as IPTA members. Matt Gross is a proud Clemson alum and the vice president for the Clemson Market for Founders Federal Credit Union. Matt's office is located beside the Walmart Neighborhood Market on Old Greenville Highway in Clemson. For more information, go to foundersfcu.com
2: feel yeah it was awesome uh, just great energy today um, you know you can't, you can't really drop a, a more beautiful day to start spring ball so um, it was just it was great out there super fun um, just great energy great uh, leadership out there by just you know guys really stepping up um, since last year and um, just kind of got the ball rolling so hey okay, Matt Connolly with all three I guess what was your reaction to Garrett Riley coming on board and getting hired and then obviously the move from Brandon streeter. Or- yeah. Um, you know, it, you know, it's it's a business and uh, you got to understand that. But, you know, love coach your Um, You know, I, I tell people all the time that he's he's one of my favorite coaches I've ever had um, just as a human being and just as a man that, you know, uh, just just led led the group. Um as, as, as people and as men, he wasn't trying to just make better football players, but just make better people. And uh, just, just loved having him around, definitely going to miss him and still keep in touch with him. Uh, but at the same time, super excited about Coach Riley. Uh, just super excited for, for what he's going to bring and what he already has brung. And um, just kind of a fresh start for this offense and um, just a fresh start for this program and just kind of getting things rolling. And I'm excited. I love him. OK, Jason Priester, All Clemson Tigers. I heard Garrett Riley telling you you're already
0: picking up his lingo quickly. Um, is this a simplified version compared to what you used to with?
2: Yeah, I love I love the offense. Um, it's you know it's, it's efficient and it's um, it's productive and you know reminds me a lot about my high school offense. Just you know less plays, but just you know doing less and and doing it better. And uh, I'm, I'm loving it. And I'm, I'm loving the style and uh, just the freedom in the offense. Um, but yeah, I mean you know, I'm loving it. Okay, John Blau with the Post career in Charleston. Um, I think Garrett was saying that he joked with you. I didn't know I had to come to South Carolina to coach you. He obviously recruited you when he was at SMU. What do you remember from being recruited by him, and what's his personality? Yeah, I mean, um, I remember, you know, getting getting recruited by him when he was at SMU, and um, for for those two years. And um, I think, you know, he recruited me for a little bit, and then I kind of I kind of moved on to to Clemson and. Uh, that was that, but yeah, I, was, I always always love talking to him and uh, it's just so so excited he's here. That's what, you guys went to the basketball game together. Right? yeah, what do you
0: remember
2: from that? What was it like hanging out with him as a person? Oh yeah, super super awesome. Um, definitely a definitely a Texan guy um, laid back, chill, um, you know just I, I don't really know how to describe him. Um, just a just a, a just a cool guy and um, just somebody that's really easy to to have a conversation with and can talk
0: about anything with so. Hey, Larry Williams, TigerRealSpring.com. I think uh, that was at UNCD were two of the first people he talked to, I think, before the move was even made, just out of the sort of the delicateness of that, the relationships, the really tight relationships you guys have with Coach Streeter. What was it that that really sort of sold you on it, you know, sort of moving forward long-term um, and got you excited about it in that, in that, the, the early stages of it?
2: Just about Coach Riley. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, honestly, you know, just seeing what he had done in the past year, um, you know, and and what he did at, SM, at SMU, you know, in Texas, you know, you know, SMU hadn't been great for a little bit. And uh, they kind of they kind of brought him out of the trenches and, you know, had a great couple of years with Shane, Shane Michelle, And then, you know, obviously one year at TCU and took a national championship. Um, just, you know, just credibility and, and what he's done in the past few years is, is super exciting. And, you, know, you took you take a guy like max Duggan who's you know has a has a pretty good career and you know makes him a, a Heisen finalist and a national champion um, well almost national champion and you know now he's gonna be a first round pick I mean just what he can do with with any type of quarterback I'm, it, it just excited me um, just to, to see to see what he's gonna be able to do with this offense and um, just you know I'm looking to get better because I got a long way to go um, so I'm, I was just super excited about that.
0: What's some of the schematic differences between this offense and, and, the, and the one that was here? I know there are lots of similar things, but yeah, in, in your mind, if you were to explain it to somebody, what would, what would some of the key differences
2: be? Yeah, I mean, like I said, probably just, um, you know, we went into a game last year with, like, 80 plays in the in the play call sheet, and we're going with, like, 30 now. So, just being able to run less plays and getting really, really good at it. Um, and But, you know, I mean, he's even said it doesn't matter if they know what the play is. We're still going to be able to beat them at it. So just just being really, really good at what we're doing. And, I mean, we had 15 plays today in our install, and we ran the same 15 plays for two hours. And, like, you're just getting really good at doing the same play in a bunch of different ways. And it's just reps and reps and reps, and it's just, you know, it's just it's just hard to defend because you're running the same thing out of, a, you know, different personnel, different formations, and um, it's just – it's fun. And then, you know, you get the, you get the tag receivers, put them on different routes, and, um, you know, if you're seeing things on the field, you can just, you know, give them one little signal and they got a completely different route or play. Um, so just the, the speed of it and just, you know, um, just the freedom in it is, is really awesome. When and
1: you say
0: 30 – when you say 30 plays,
2: do you mean – that'll be what you have in the, the I mean, o- honestly, no. I mean, I don't really know how many will be in like a yeah. – it's just like a – like how many of you game plan for that for that game? Okay. Um, I don't really know. I mean, I haven't played a game yet, so I don't really know how many. I was just yeah. kind of guessing, but um,
0: less.
1: Game <laughs> Trevor Groce, okay.
0: Com. Um, you got one started under your belt now, uh, but how much pressure does it take off just having a couple of backs like Will and,
1: and Phil I'm back there with you?
2: Yeah, tons. I mean, we got two of the best running backs in the country, um, and you know, it's it's a lot to have the best running back in the country. We got the top two, so um, it's it's really awesome to have them back there, and they're both awesome dudes. That you know, they just love to work, and that's that's what that, that's the best part about them. They love the grind, and they're great leaders. Um, they're they're great in their own ways. They're not copies of each other. They're just great in their own ways, and um, just just awesome. They just it, it's hard to defend a. A passing defense. Whenever you or yeah, it's hard to defend a passing offense when you got a running offense like that. So, okay, Scott Kiefer with the Greenville News. You gained some valuable experience, particularly toward the end of last season. What are some of the things that you, you took away from that learning experience? Yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like I just really got to to get back to just my my natural style of play and just getting to get back there and relax and um, just kind of kind of take control. Uh, I feel like that's that's kind of when I when I play my best is when I'm just you know I'm fully in control and I don't have to worry about anything. I just get to relax and go play, and um, just have fun doing it. I mean, what I learned is just you know stay calm and keep watching film. I mean, I mean I've, I've continued to learn so much, but uh, just I mean right now I'm just working on my pocket presence and uh, just getting down this offense. So. I guess,
1: does it feel a lot different than just that, you know,
2: month that you had leading up to the bowl where you were the guy, does it feel like you're more the guy now? And kind of yeah, I mean, I would, I would say so, just because, you know, about three months into it now, so um, feeling feeling good, feeling good. I mean, were you able to get out with teammates and throw the ball around? And, oh, yeah, like over the best two months? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we threw two or three times every week. Um... Other than matrilism, we've been throwing two or three times every week, uh, building chemistry with the mid years, and um, just everybody. It's been been great. It's been great.
0: Cole um, is still kind of learning the
1: position, um, and he wasn't here last spring, obviously, but um, just how big is this spring, do you think, for him and and for the two of you, and like building the chemistry and timing and all that?
2: Yeah, I mean, he had a heck of a day today. Um, He had a heck of a day today. I mean, in the in the team reps, uh, I know in team blitz we were three for four, and no, we were four for four, and the th- three of them were to him. Um, and he's just he's just going to keep getting better. Uh, he's just he's a worker bee and just keeps keeps on wanting to learn. And you know he just kind of keeps his head down, keeps working, and just you know he loves to get coached. And um, he's got all the athletic ability in the world, and um, it's 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 really fun to watch him play. So it's going to be a big year for him. What are your early impressions of T B how to be in a QB group? Yeah, I mean, he's a great player. Um, you know, after only one day so far, you know, he's, he's a great leader. Just continue to um, just continue to work and just – I think the biggest thing for him is just to stay patient and just, you know, not try to learn everything at once, not try to take on the whole world at once. Just just take it one day at a time um, and just keep your head down and keep working and just – you know, I think you gain guys' respect by the way by the way you work, and um, just he's he's con, he's continuing to do that. So it's,
0: it's hard seeing so many guys out, particularly receiver, when you're still on a new offense and you're trying to get reps with everybody.
2: Yeah, um, I mean, I I think that's what's great about our receiver room is you know we got a great room this year, where you know we lose a guy or two and we still got two great guys to back them up. So that's what that you know we had. Hampton Earl and Hamp Green, who are both walk on guys, had some of the best plays today. And, you know, we just got guys that are stepping up and want, and wanting to wanting to play and wanting to make plays. And that's just what what's great and Coach Christian is, is leading them to do that and Coach Riley Riley's pushing them to do that. And um, yeah, I think just offense is just it's just freeing guys up to, to just be able to make plays and, and more moments and not feel as much pressure and just just free up guys. So how about you, you
0: say you're working on your pocket presence, what are some maybe tangible ways that you really
2: are, are, focus, are focusing on in order to improve that? Yeah, um, just you know, kind of taking back my, my old drill work that I used to work back in high school, and um, I feel like that was one of my best attributes in high school was my pocket presence and be able to move and stay calm um, under blitzes, under pressures, and be able to, to make one or two movements and still be able to deliver the ball down the field. And I think I think that was my biggest um weakness last year in the orange bowl was just just not not having great pocket presence I was escaping too early and I saw that and just really I've been working that about two or three times a week right now and getting back to get back to my roots with that so going
1: kind of back to the orange bowl you've always been a winner
0: been yeah one every, you know, every time you've taken the field what did losing teach you what could you have taken away from that that you go you know what that's going to help me in year two year three year four
2: yeah um the fun is in the winning, and you learn from losing, and um, it sucks. I hate it, and I think um, with, with three older siblings that they know that we are the most competitive family ever, and we hate losing, and I hate losing, no matter what it is. So um, just I'm, I'm going to come back, and, and it's going to be a good year. How
1: long did it take you to, to, to want to watch that game film and, and to kind of start dissecting
2: it? Um... I honestly, can't remember. Honestly, can't remember. I mean, I went home for about a week and a half, and I think as soon as I got back, I watched it. So, how sore were you?
0: I was pretty sore. <laughs> <laughs> how about you? you? Up? What's up? You ever been that meetup after? A um,
2: I don't think so. How about uh, I about you. It was good though. I feel great now. How about your fellow Texan, uh, Noble Johnson? Is yeah. He, is he like a guy that could uh, contribute sooner rather than later? Yeah, he's going to be a stud. Um, you know, he's, a, he's got all the physical attributes um, and, you know, wants to learn and, you know, great route running skills just early on. And um, He's, he's going to be a great player for us. He's going to do great things, and I'm super excited about him. Anybody else for Kate? Do you feel like... Play, that stuff you can do more tempo and go even faster this year is that something that y'all, y'all yeah 100 um just the, the speed you know you look at what tennessee could do and everybody talked about how fast they played um i think that's going to be a lot similar to what we we're going to be doing this next year um just the speed that we can play at but also the efficiency you know it's not a, not a bunch of guys running around figuring out what we're doing it's um, even in the first day it's you know after the first 10 minutes it's guys running around, getting to the spot, and snapping the ball 15, 15 seconds later. I mean, if I don't know the exact time, but um, it's it's fun. I mean, it's you're running around and uh, you're getting set and you're snapping the ball and you're getting six more yards and you're taking a shot and you're getting six more and you're getting six more and you're taking a shot. Like, it's just it's just fun. Like, that's the best way to s- uh, describe it. It's just a fun offense to play in. And like I said, it just reminds me a lot about my high school offense, so. Has it been challenging learning the new terminology for receivers, all that kind of stuff? Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I, w- I wouldn't say it's been it's been too bad. Um, you know, they're, they're still figuring, I mean, they were figuring out for the past, um, like, for the past two months, they've been figuring out what we're going to call everything, because, you know, they had recruiting, and then, uh, like, off days and stuff, so it took them a little bit to, to kind of figure out what we're going to call everything, and how, you know, because he's, Coach is the only one that's new, um, other than Coach Chris Carson, so, yeah. Um, you know, I don't I don't think it was too bad it's, it's been very easing easing in and just kind of taking it a day at a time and I mean it's it's been pretty simple so far um, not not yeah so different because I mean everybody's learning it you know so it's not just me this year so <laughs> Debo said you're up to 200 pounds or so I'm about 198 right now 198 okay so. what, what's been the secret to uh, eating open a lot up. <laughs> six meals a day so yeah. Fires in day, just, yeah. yeah, eat a lot. <laughs> favorite, <laughs> What's the goal weight? What's up? What's the goal weight? I'm going to be about 207, 208 by next season. That's the plan. Um, and just continue to keep my speed, so. Yeah. Favorite food? Favorite food? Um, I don't know, a cheeseburger. <laughs> oh, cheeseburger. <laughs>
0: Texas barbecue
2: or South Carolina barbecue? Oh my gosh, do you even ask me that. <laughs> <laughs> Texas barbecue all day. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, it's not even, not even close. All that brisket. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's an
0: easy one. You mentioned wanting to add some bulk but
2: also keeping your speed. Uh, that, can that be kind of a delicate balance? Like, you don't have to go? <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, last year, uh, you know as you might know I went from like 179 to about 197 um, and then I feel like I was faster at the end of it so I was 18 pounds and you know lost about five or six during the season um, as everybody does so um, kind of get back in a little bit more than I was and but I mean our strength test does, does a great job you know from lifting heavy but also running and just keeping our speed doing a lot of speed work and agility work and uh, I mean that's that's all props to them. I just I feel great. I feel like I'm gonna feel great by August. So
1: in addition to just learning the playbook and terminology and that kind of
2: stuff, is there anything you can say like hey going into the spring, this is one area I really want to try to improve on and these next fifteen practices Yeah, I mean um, just continue to work on my pocket presence and just accuracy and just continue to rally guys and push guys to, to places that they haven't pushed themselves before. And I feel like now I kind of have that that capability um, to just really encourage guys to like, let's get going. And um, there's, I mean, we got we got some of the best athletes in, in the whole nation here and just getting their minds right. Not saying that nobody does not but just, you know, we're not here to just have another year. You know, we're, we're here to win it all. And that's, that's the main goal here. Um, if we don't do that, then the accomplish isn't made. So um, yeah. All right, let's go knock out one of those guys, thank
0: Cade. okay a lot of interesting pieces to that press conference with cade which is why we included it he's very forthcoming in some of the issues of the uh, under the previous offense with how bogged down folks would some of the players would get uh, just under the weight of, of so many plays so many things to remember so so we'll see uh, in the moment right now in in mid march i guess Seems pretty promising as far as the simplification, bringing better understanding and better execution and ultimately better performance for an offense that has really struggled the last two years. Appreciate the long-running support of our very loyal sponsors for helping make this happen. And, of course, thanks to all of you for hitting that play button every week. Have a great weekend. Cheers.